Welcome to the Scale Up Valley podcast, where we bring the best tech leaders in the world to help you scale your SaaS business from 2 million ARR to 100 million ARR. Today, we have a very special guest. His name is Sanjo Tom Jose, the CEO at Tallview. Sanjo, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mike. Uh, it's my pleasure to be here. And yeah, let's get to know a little bit more about yourself. So how did you end up um, starting up Tallview? Yeah, so uh, Tallview is actually my third uh, startup. Uh, and, uh, I've, uh, and this is the second one in the HR tech space. So just before Tallview, I had co-founded a company called Interview Master. Mm-hmm. This was a play video interviewing platform. Uh, focused on mid-market companies. So this company was based uh, in India and we were selling to mid-market customers across the globe from Bangalore. And cool. just before that, uh, I had uh, co-founded a company called Merry Wheels. Merry Wheels was uh, a pre-owned automobile car portal. Um, and uh, that, that that was also uh, uh, my first startup. And Prior to that, I, I, I was uh, a territory manager with National Instruments. National Instruments is a Texas-based instrumentation company. And I, I was a sales guy, so I did sales. Uh, and long before that, I started my career uh, with uh, Lastna and Dubro, which is uh, one of the largest uh, engineering companies in, in, in the Asia-Pacific region. And, uh, Good. I started my career as an executive assistant to one of their business unit heads. Did a lot of uh, travel in that role and that gave me a lot of exposure and that, that has tremendously helped me in my career so far. Uh, and yeah, I think like most people uh, who, uh, who, are, who are born and raised in India and then moved to the US, I also went to school in uh, the Indian Institute of uh, Technology, uh, IIT. Right. Uh, yeah, so that that that's about me. I, I actually grew up in a very small town in the southern uh, part of uh, India. It's it's it's, uh, it's it's in a state called Kerala, uh, a very small state on the southern tip. And yeah, grew, growing growing up, I never thought I would I would do startups. Uh, but then I think by the time I I was probably fifteen or sixteen, I realized that I would want to build something on my own. And, and that, that's probably my path. So, yeah, I think since then I've been working towards uh, building my own business and I'm very happy to be an entrepreneur uh, right today and enjoying what I'm doing right now. That's awesome. And um, explain a little bit more about what is Tallview. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, uh, just before Tallview, uh, we had another startup in the HR tech space and that uh, company we um, we were selling to mid market customers in a space which was still very early so we yeah. realized that we had good traction so we had raised uh, funding from uh, two very well known investors and we also had uh, a lot of initial traction but uh, what mm-hmm. we realized is because the space was very early we won't be able to build a large company in that space However, a lot of interesting insights from that experience. Uh, so what we wanted to do at that point was, so we wanted to 
pivot to a model where rather than selling to mid market companies we wanted to sell to enterprise organizations and, uh, so and if you are if you if you are selling a new category to large enterprises you have to be here in the us uh, unfortunately uh, some, some of the team members and also the investors uh, felt that that's a big risk making that change uh but me and a couple of my co-founders we are very sure that yeah, that's the uh, way to go so we uh, we actually work with a new investor here uh, in the bay area to buy out the and their company the existing wow and uh, set up talview uh, so that, that's how talview came into being back in uh, 2017 early 2017 and so from uh, the inside which uh, on top of which talview was built is essentially the fact that speed of hiring or uh, what we call is uh, hiring lag is one of the biggest challenges for uh, large enterprises in hiring because uh, if you if you have a long time to hire it has a significant impact on your revenue your profit mm-hmm. positions are lying vacant you are not So if if you are managing a sales organization you, or a service organization, you do not have enough people selling on the field or servicing your customers, and that impacts your revenue. Or if you are a professional services organization, every uh, employee is billed to an end customer, and if you do not have enough people on your payroll, you end up not being able to bill your customer, and that impacts your revenue. And uh, but not just that but it also has today speed of hiring has a significant impact on other key hiring metrics so for example if you look at quality of hire the best candidates are today available in the market only for 10 days so if you have a hiring process which is uh, like uh two months long and that's that's roughly what the industry average your ability to hire the best candidates are significantly limited the same way if you look at uh, candidate experience another key hiring metric uh, 6 out of 10 candidates would drop off from the hiring funnel after you spend a lot of time and effort to get them interested in the role and apply to the company they drop off because either the company took to- too long to make a decision or the company is uh, taking too too long uh, or too much time between steps in the hiring process so essentially we realized that if we could help our customers uh, take control of their uh, speed of hiring or time to hire we can help them to take control of their entire hiring process and uh, we uh, that's how talvi was founded and uh, we have an approach uh, which we call insta hiring uh, mm-hmm. which we believe is the fastest way to hire for enterprises so we essentially building a new category in the recruitment technology space uh, hiring and uh, the approach essentially is a combination of what uh, we call three propellants so remote automate and reuse hmm. uh, so look at the existing recruitment technology stack uh, applicant tracking systems or recruitment management systems uh, are the core part of uh, the recruitment technology in the industry today but these systems came into being around 15 20 years back when Uh, equal employment opportunity and a lot of those regulations were uh, like driving the need for that those systems uh, and you needed you you needed a system to do basic tracking and reporting so that you can demonstrate that you are complying with these regulations 
However, uh, in the 20 years, uh, these systems haven't evolved a lot. So they still remain as basic tracking and reporting system while mm-hmm. uh, still largely offline and there is very little automation. So we built you uh, as a layer of digitization which uh, sits on top of existing applicant tracking systems. And right. this three propellants to drive that digitization. So under remote, we virtualize the entire uh, hiring process with the help of video interviewing, with the help of remote proctoring, so that there are no schedule or location constraints when it comes to the hiring process. And right. you, uh, enlarge your catchment area of talent pool significantly because you can now hire from any, anywhere in the country or anywhere. Mm-hmm. And that significantly helps our customers to bring down time to hire. The second propellant is uh, automate. Where if you look at recruiting, there are a lot of uh, steps which are today done manually by recruiters, mm-hmm. which uh, involves a sequential processing and has a significant uh, hiring lag or delay. So, for example, uh, if a candidate submits an application on on, on the career portal or of a, uh, employer. Uh, it takes an, on an average around two weeks for the recruiter to look at the application and then decide if the candidate is a good fit or not. But today there is uh, technology available which can do the same uh, activity with significant amount of accuracy. Uh, so we essentially leverage bots to make a lot of this uh, sequential transactions which are today done by recruiters uh, completely automated in such a way that they not really happen in real time. So the moment the candidate uh, submits an application, the system will match them against the best job description based on their profile. But we also make it a parallel instead of sequential. So the boards can process hundreds of candidates in parallel compared to a recruiter who can do only one after the another. So for that, uh, making this entire uh, sequential delayed activities parallel and uh, real time we help our customers to bring down time to hire. And the third propellant is reuse, where essentially, again, if you look at any large enterprise, and we specifically focus on two customer segments. I'll speak more about that after this. But actually, uh, most of these employers have, they scrub the same target candidate pool multiple times a year. So you would see that the same candidate is getting processed three times or four times in, uh, in the same year. And today, because there is no, every time a candidate comes back, there is no context of what has happened between the candidate and the employer in the last round. Uh, when the candidate comes back, they, ha- they are asked to go through the same interview process, the same assessments. So it becomes very repetitive. Right. And yeah. I tell you because everything happens online and because we use automation, we collect a lot more data. Uh, so. We are able to, when a candidate comes back, we provide the new hiring manager access to their past interview recordings, their yeah. assessment, past interview feedback. So the hiring manager can take a call on, hey, can this candidate directly move to step five or step seven rather than starting from scratch? And that significantly uh, shrinks the hiring life cycle. So Got between more automate and reuse, we are able to bring down time to hire by up to 60% for our customers. Amazing. And in terms of uh, the growth stage for the audience, so the audience 
can relate to where you are and take your advice and your journey. So what is kind of the ad count uh, interval of revenues from one to five, five to 10 million uh, and, um, and funding rounds and investors? Yeah, so we, we've uh, raised two rounds of funding right now. Um, uh, the, uh, so the last round of Series A, uh, so we did Seed and Series A. Got it. Yeah team of uh, 100 people right now, a little more than 100 uh, between and India. And uh, we today are in our journey from 5 million to 10 million right now. From 5 to 10 million, that's the journey where you are in. So uh, clearly now, uh, almost ready for Series B. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Currently racing, but plan to do that later this year. Got it. And um, we always talk on the show about the the triple two times double free role from Hagram from Battery Ventures in the show. Yeah. I need to invite him to come to explain the rule himself. But that's that's a, a pattern that we uh, see in the fastest growing companies of all times in SaaS. Uh, companies like Salesforce, Zendesk, Services Now, that they are able to show that after two million ARR, they are able, and that's why the show covers two to 100 million, uh, able to go from two to six, six to 18, and then 18 to 36, 36 to 72, and 72 to 244. So this is a huge growth. So uh, what is your perspective on growth for, for Tallview? So this is the kind of aggressive path that you would like to embark on, or do you prefer a slightly slowly slower uh, pace of growth and, and um, more sustainable, less sustainable. Uh, I'm not, I don't want to, to make any judgments, uh, but what's your perspective on, on the growth pace? I think, uh, so uh, what, what's called D3, D, uh, D2, or sorry, D2, D3. Uh, right. Definitely, uh, no, I, I believe that's, that's, uh, that's one of the ways in which uh, you can build your company and there's a pattern that, that's more a pattern than probably the only way to build a company. And uh, every company is unique, every market is unique, and every founder is and founding team is also unique. So, uh, at the end of the day, uh, a lo- lot of uh, how you should build the company is driven by what, what is your vision and how what are you comfortable with as a founding team. But it also significantly depends on what market you are in and uh, uh, how the how the market is responding so i think for us uh, and especially if you if you decide to take the path of uh, raising vc money and then um, and this journey yeah that you now uh, will grow aggressively so i think uh, we 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 are while we are not trying to emulate like t2 d3 uh, to the dot I think that's definitely a good benchmark uh, to see that, okay, are you scaling fast enough? Uh, but I would, I would also uh, put in a word of caution saying that if, if your market is not ready for that scaling, so just, and that's, that's a, that's a uh, call which you have to make. Uh, if you, if, if uh, the market needs more time uh, to adopt, it's still early this and to adopt your particular technology. So just blindly pushing for uh, T2, D3 might be a mistake. Rather, you should uh, ideally, uh, I I would say if if you, if you everything else uh, is in place, you should for uh, you should get first get to that uh, one million or two million, uh, where your focus should be to try and figure out 
a lot of things in terms of what, what are your gtm metrics what are your sales metrics like what's your conversion rate or rate what is what's going to be your average contract value uh what what what's what what is going to be the average quota for a ramp up ramp so if if you are able to see some pattern in all of those metrics and there is repeatability in the sales process then probably i think you so that means the market is uh responding well and you are probably ready for scale so then you can actually uh uh push for an aggressive growth but if you if you i'm but if you're not seeing those kind of patterns emerging i think you should spend more time to figure out those things push for an aggressive growth and if you if you look at all, i think i i read some of those uh, uh papers where these patterns were first identified but I, a lot the the stage uh, at which companies start on that journey differ from company to company some companies take 3 years to uh start on that uh, journey some companies take one year some companies take right. five i think that, that that's probably the most crucial thing how do you figure out that you are ready for that kind of scale for that absolutely yeah and we always say that from 0 to 2 it's a wild guess uh because that, that's a search uh, exercise of trying to find the business model so it might be quick it might be take a long time um and here it's about scaling in 5 years from the 2 to 100 uh but even there there are different stages of growth and different things to prove uh from 2 to 5 and 5 to 10 it's really the growth machine that can be scalable and then 10 to 20 50 it's really expanding uh verticals are expanding globally or even increasing arpa um so I, yeah. I completely agree with you. That's a very good point. And uh, um, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, it's your personal call as a founder. Like, what do you yes. want to do? Yeah, and given uh, absolutely supporting that, uh, supporting that journey. Yeah. Absolutely, we. I like to say that uh, strategy is really personal. So whatever the vision that you have for the company, uh, that's fine. And there are different options to to go for. And uh, by the way, you don't need to go with VC. So there are another ways that sometimes are much more appropriate for uh, your company. So we always discuss three critical ingredients to scale, which is. radical focus number 1 number 2 world class leadership and number 3 a contrarian culture of execution so starting by number 1 of course to go stage by stage and prove milestones as you were saying don't start scaling too fast if you have not proven the system if you don't have repeatable and scalable and profitable um processes or a, a sales and or a growth machine to be more 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 specific so how do you assure that one from 1 to 5 and 5 to 10 you resist the temptation of starting to open too many verticals as you go from as you said you are now at 100 in terms of headcount maybe uh, after series b you would be expanding to 150 or 200 people so it it can be very tempting to go to too many geos too many verticals at the same time so how do you keep focus uh, in your company now i think uh, focus is probably the most important thing when you're building a company in uh not just early stage probably every stage uh, but right. i've always seen early stage so yeah so for ex- for us for example at talview uh, for for the year 2020 we we are focused only on three industries and so we broadly so from almost uh, very beginning 
and this is based on my learnings from the past uh, startups we had focused on only two uh, segments of customers so the first segment is customers with a large field workforce so this is your retail hospitality insurance where if you do not have enough people on the field or at your stores at any given point of time your ability to sell or service gets impacted and hence time to hire is very critical and the second customer customers in the professional services segment which is your it consulting call centers and your uh, tax and accounting lot of those uh, industries where you uh, bill your so you have people on your payroll and you bill uh, those people to your end customer so for us uh, because time to hire is what we took us our to not so so beating hiring lag or for time to hire we for us that was the true not so we chose the two segment of customers almost from day one to go after now between these two seg- uh, segments also we had to make a choice because you can't this, this itself is too broad so we decided and because we we uh, while we um, set up the company here in the us uh, and uh, uh, we Uh, started hiring here in the us almost from day one we we still had a significant uh, presence back in india and lot of relationships and customer relations from the previous companies so uh, because in india professional services was a, a much larger compared to retail and insurance so we we started focusing on that space so a lot of our early stage traction uh, came from uh, some um, companies in the it uh, consulting space and uh, we and this were large enterprises so we 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 had almost from day one we had global contracts with uh, those customers but a lot of those relationships originated back uh, in india so so that so we did that for the first 2 to 3 years uh, and then early uh, this uh, like uh, q q2 last year that is when we started expanding that space and we started selling to retail and insurance so today we have customers like amazon and sephora walmart so some of those big customers in retail space and we are adding customers in insurance space like alliance and swiss re and a lot of those customers but we faced our journey and because i had this experience from the previous company so we faced tried to face our journey in such a way that we are not spreading resources to the and that's that also becomes your uh, competitive advantage because one thing i've seen is uh, most companies don't do a good job of focus and especially uh, you're always resource constrained and you are tempted to go behind uh, five different things but uh, because uh, because you are resource constrained and if you have the uh, ability to focus and be i think it's always better to pick your battles and be be the best uh, solution in a particular industry in a particular geography maybe in a particular customer segment like a mid market or enterprise go as granular as possible early on and try something for 3 months if it, if you're not seeing the early signs of success then move on to the next segment rather than probably trying five different things and some you, because it something will always look promising and entrepreneurs by default are very optimistic so you will uh, <laughs> you, you you will it, it's yeah i think I, unless you for, force yourself to focus 
almost everything will look like a great opportunity and it, yeah, it can be a never ending uh, back and forth. Got it. And in terms of you, you're talking about uh, verticals and that's really amazing. And definitely you have been working on your previous startup that then you, you, have, you have been evolving to this new one. How do you, you move it from mid-market to enterprise or are you just exclusively focused on enterprise? There is also this discussion a lot when to go from mid-market to enterprise or uh, if start with enterprise because sales cycles are long, sometimes it takes more time and we, in order to move to show metrics, it might be more challenging in the short term. In the long term, it might be amazing, uh, but uh, in between, it is a lot of stress uh, in the process to see if, if things will go will really happen or it is just open. Uh, but in terms of geos, you have here uh, an extra layer of complexity, at the same time a huge advantage. So you come from a market which is uh, one of the two largest markets uh, in the world, uh, so very close to uh, the second one, which, which is uh, China, and, uh, and you went to a market which is one fourth of of yours in terms of population, three hundred million, uh, which is the U.S. Why or, or do you keep clients in India, and why the the U.S. for you? Yeah, so for us, because we focus on uh, the enterprise market, U.S. is the largest enterprise uh, technology market out there. And, uh, in fact, almost mm-hmm. 10, 10 times as big as India. And definitely, uh, I think, much bigger than China itself. So, uh, and like I said, we, we have this very strong focus on this uh, customer segments. And just to give you an example, so US alone has for, and we, we have very strong focus also in terms of the customer seg- uh, size. So we focus on uh, large enterprises, customers with at least 2,000 plus employees. Okay. US alone has uh, 4,500 such companies. Uh, in the target industries which we focus on. And there, Europe together has probably close to uh, 3,000, 3,500. And APAC only has around 1,000 companies. So uh, that's entire Asia Pacific together. Essentially, from that standpoint, the US was much bigger. And we always knew that that's where we are going to build uh, the company. Uh, Interesting. That we were resource constrained and Found, as founders, we were based in India and we need to relocate here to build the company and all of that. We started with an industry where we knew that, okay, even if you're working with uh, an IT consulting company back in India, they, they have significant presence here in North America. And that would give us differentiable customers and market exposure here in the U.S. Correct. And you decided to move to the West Coast. So I assume this is also important in terms of focus. So you are not serving or you are not trying to acquire uh, customers across all the US, right? So why why the West Coast for your technology? So directly, uh, I think we do uh, uh, have, I wouldn't say we are strictly selling to West Coast right now. We do, we're very focused on uh, U.S. as a geography, very very focused on uh, industries which we are selling. Mm-hmm. We are also focused on the customer size, uh, but right. not necessarily selling only to West Coast. But the reason we built the team in the West Coast is because that's where uh, uh, I, I, as a founder, I am based off out of, and uh, it's always important that the early team you stay, stay very close to them. Correct. You figure out a lot of. Uh, 
the go to market no answers which only you as a founder can do because you need to understand what what how to build your product you need to uh, iterate your messaging your a lot of positioning a lot of those aspects which you cannot do unless you are very close to the market and since i was based here i decided to um, build mm-hmm. the team as close but they are they are selling to the rest of the us mm-hmm. How many people do you have close to you in in the US of the 100 people that you have in the company? Uh I have uh, 10 10 people right now here in the US. Uh, Got it. That's bulk of my sales and marketing function while all of my engineering and operations and support is run from India. Right. Make, makes a lot of sense and it's a great advantage. And Uh, moving on to the second component which is world class uh, leadership uh, yeah. if all goes well we will need to run and lead seven companies uh, we need to have different seven different ceos and seven different um, leadership teams so at this stage you might have already been running two different companies uh, inside yours and even in the, with the previous the previous one that you have evolved and and now you are preparing the third one to to get to 10 million uh, arr and it it will come the next stage uh, yeah. again so what what were the most difficult positions for you to hire to be on this road now from 5 to 10 i think every hire is every leadership hire especially is uh, i i wouldn't say difficult but it's it's a not a difficult hiring process but a difficult decision to make because you cannot afford to go wrong uh, early right. stage and, uh, there are two aspects which at least from my experience uh, i've seen are very critical so one is as a founder or founding team you always have your own strength so you could be very good in engineering or you could be extremely product oriented or you could be extremely go to market or sales and marketing oriented So I think the first most critical hire is so if you uh, to find that area where you are the weakest uh, in and uh, for us uh, I, I think uh, luckily we and probably because of our past experience mm-hmm. I I was always running sales and marketing uh, uh, in and, and I had past experience doing that and building sales teams so and my co-founder was uh, uh he who is the cto he he has he has been a cto in uh, in multiple companies before that so we kind of had a had the luxury of uh, not having to look outside uh, at least for the first few years that i think if you if you build your uh, co-founding team right and uh, first time i think i made mistakes and most people make mistakes that you you have if if you and i think sales product and engineering those are probably the three most important pillars uh, in an early stage company and if you can, if you can aff- if you can afford to then always start with a co-founding team uh, or a founding team which has those three pillars taken care of and most founders are naturally product oriented even if they are strong on sales or engineering so i think that should in itself taken be taken care of but uh, if you can afford to start off then start uh, start both sales and engineering with your co-founding but then beyond that uh, or if you are not a if if you do not have a very strong sales person in your founding team then i think sales hire becomes very uh, difficult for uh, interactions with lot of uh, 
a lot of other entrepreneurs especially because uh, most of the sales people you find in the market they are they are more people who can come into an ecosystem where everything is known right so but early stage you need to do a lot of permutation combination and figure out a lot of those things mm. build the machine and there is no shortcut to as a founder or as a group of founders you have to do that you can't expect somebody else to uh, do that for you i think that's that's uh, that's critical but i think then the most critical aspect is when to bring in your first sales leader and uh, and that again i think is again a function of uh, so for example for us uh, i i still do not have a chief revenue officer i am playing that role Uh, I'm sure that uh, so for me uh, by end of this year that, that's a role which I want to fill. Uh, so, but then again, I'm looking at somebody who can take us from a ten to fifty million or ten to hundred million million journey, uh, and uh, the number of variables are much lesser at that stage. But you still need somebody who can. Uh, so that that also means that what entails that ten to a 100 million journey so am i looking for somebody who so if i if i need somebody who can just come in and double down on everything which is working so if my the industries which i'm focusing on the geographies i'm focusing on uh, that that itself has potential to for me to grow from 10 to 100 so then there are plenty of talent available out there but if in that 10 to 100 million journey i need to open a new industry or open a new geography and that requires a different process so i think a lot of permutation combination which you need to look at when you're making your sales hire so that's the process which i'm going through right now yeah sounds amazing and um, finally the the last ingredient which is the contrarian culture of execution so we all know that we might have the the focus the strategy the direction we might have the right team on the right seats but then we need to learn as quick as faster and, and learn with reality and this is all about having those rhythms the weeklies the dailies the, the monthlies the quarterlies the annual and reviews the tonals the one on ones is there any particular rhythm uh, that you, you you use to have everyone on the same page that is being very useful for you no, i think um, like very early on um, because you mostly have your entire team in in the same room or in the same floor and uh, you you're constantly talking to people uh, it it is easier but uh, as the uh, team gets larger and uh, you have people in different locations and remote teams and all of that you need to put in a lot of structure and uh, process around how we are how we are communicating how we are uh, building the culture but i think the most important thing so one is the rhythm and the process around it but for me at least uh, i believe defining what is your culture uh, is most important. if you if you have defined your culture in the right way then then the rest of the process can become significantly easier so and when i say defining culture so i don't think there is one one right culture every uh, every organization every uh, um, every team is unique but i think as a founder what you need to figure out early on is what is the culture so there are two aspects so what's the culture which comes naturally to you so you can't define an ideal culture and force fit yourself to that culture so if you, if you for example if you define a culture where you say 
timeliness is very critical and but you yourself are standing up uh, 30 minutes late for every meeting so that's not a culture which you can build even if you want to yes no so i think the first thing most important is to align yourself and your founding team with the so you, you have a you have a culture, ideal culture which you want to have and you have a culture which you are already exhibiting as a founding team so you need to align and see okay what's what what, do, what is the common area there and if is that common area going to help me to build the right culture uh, will that help me to uh, take take uh, take the company from where we are to where we want to be and then so i, I think that initial mapping process uh, um, helps quite a lot in terms of defining the right culture and once you define the right culture i think that it that it just about uh, living and breathing it so talk, i for for the uh, example make it a point that every conversation which i have with uh, my uh, team members uh, whether it's in the uh, monthly uh, all hands which we do which is across the globe or the weekly leadership meetings which i have or the one on one reviews i have with my direct reportees or the touch points which i have with the new joinees uh, every every conversation i i talk about why we have we we have defined our culture in a particular way and why that is critical for uh, the entire organization to go where we want to go so the, i think talking about the culture and talking about the uh, why uh, the process of why did we choose this culture and why how that is going to help uh, the company uh, i think that's something which you have to just keep repeating and probably as a as a ceo or as a founder ceo that's that's your single biggest job uh, after uh, after you have your uh, rest of the functions taken care of Absolutely amazing and we come to the final question of the show and uh, one of our favorites which is if you would have the opportunity to come back uh, to the beginning of um Talview uh, what advice would you offer to Sancho So I think this is something that someone told me very recently and uh, for me it made a lot of sense so uh while i've been an entrepreneur before i think one thing which i was not doing uh, enough was appreciating the progress which uh, i was making or we were making as a company i think i have been always been very hard on myself and very hard on the team <laughs> uh, but because you are always in the so you always have a target and that target keeps moving right so every every milestone you you, you have new milestones uh, right uh, but, but what what i realized is it's equally important to uh, take a pause and uh, enjoy the progress which you're making uh, and uh, appreciate yourself and appreciate the team uh, um, and that that i that i believe is very critical and uh, and that that is probably something which i have not i have not done enough uh, uh, because there is even even uh, even uh, in the even in months or moments which were tough, toughest for the company and for you when you actually sit down and look back you have made a lot of progress it could be maybe your revenue did not move but you your product has significantly evolved or maybe your uh, team you had some you had some bad churn in the team or things like that but then you also added some great team members to it so there is always a brighter side and then you need to you need to uh, 
I think take a pause and appreciate those things continuously you know, because it's it's going to be a long journey and there is no one final destination. I think the milestones will, uh, you, you will keep having moving milestones. And so if you, if you cannot uh, wait for the final uh, destination to uh, enjoy what you've built, you need to keep enjoying it uh, through, uh, during your journey. Amazing. Sanjo, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your journey with us. No, my pleasure. It was great uh, being part of the podcast and uh, look forward to staying in touch. Thank you very much. And to our community, thanks for being on that side. We keep bringing you the best of the best so you can leverage their mistakes uh, or leverage their lessons and avoid their mistakes. Um, we keep here for you. Uh, see you soon and keep scaling.